Uh, I got Florida State winning this one. I don't know jack about North Alabama. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, they've got purple helmets, and they've got a weird logo. Yeah, respectfully, I know nothing about them. Uh, Florida State should win. It's really an interesting story because I remember back in the day, you know, Florida State. <laughs> We're going to field up North Alabama. What are we doing? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <laughs> all right, on to the next. I remember, like I was saying, no, you're, are you actually have something? Yes, yes. Oh, hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful Fantastic Wednesday evening, and we have officially arrived to Florida State's 2023 football season. Mike Norvell and Jordan Travs preparing for a big season ahead in Tallahassee. And man, oh man, we have our season preview beginning tonight. We'll be giving our record predictions as well, which we're excited to do. We just had a production meeting just kind of sitting here wondering who's going to do it. Who's going to go pull the undefeated card. We'll see if anybody does that tonight. You'll have to wait until the end of the show, but we're going to go game by game on this episode, giving you guys our thoughts on each matchup and uh, who comes away as a winner. Uh, We'll also be giving our thoughts on practice observations that Dustin was at earlier today. And then we'll be going through offensive MVP along with defensive and our breakout player for the 2023 season. So a stacked episode for you guys. Florida State takes on LSU next Sunday, which is even crazier to think of. But this offseason has flown by. And man, it was a fun one, but I'm ready to get back out onto the field. But with me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at NoGameMade.com. And down below is Dustin Lewis Delu, our editor-in-chief at NG. Gentlemen, here we are. We've made it. No more breaks. It's full steam ahead. Florida State football is right around the corner. The final week of the preseason is here. We have finally made it after what's felt like a long but also short at the same time offseason. I mean, so much stuff going on for Florida State over the last couple of months. And I mean, now, you know, there's just so much anticipation that's continuing to build up with kickoff, what, 11 days away? It, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe we've finally made it. And if if you want to count this weekend, week zero games, college football is here. It really is. It's freaky to think, think about that we'll have some football games on Saturday to watch. Like, Get to watch some Notre Dame in Ireland. You know, we'll see if Florida State's still there next year. 
yeah, we'll see if we'll be traveling to that one to cover uh, across seas. But nonetheless, though, Florida State, 11 days away from kickoff. Looking forward to being in Orlando to cover that one. We'll have our full team. VZ, we thought we are going to have with us. But he'll be there for the instant reaction at, what, like 1 a.m. probably? Something like that. Yeah, we're, we're used to that by now. But, uh, yeah, Florida State. And the Seminoles wrapping up one of their practices today. It's practically kind of game prep at this point. You've gone through your two scrimmages. So the the Seminoles are heavily preparing for the LSU Tigers and Brian Kelly. But like I said, we're going to give our record predictions at the end of the show. We're going to go game by game, too. But we're just going to go over a few quick hitters beforehand. As always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, make sure you hit the like button. And also, since a lot of y'all are new on YouTube, Every week, we want y'all's predictions, too. And once we get into our LSU game preview next week, we'll want your score predictions in the comments as well. So make sure you guys are helping us out, too, in the chat and doing that and participating. But for the time being, just simply hit that like button, share with your friends, subscribe so you get notified every time we release a new episode. We've got tons of content along with shorts and post-practice interviews that you guys will want to go check out from assistant coaches, players, Mike Norvell, etc. So make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube that a lot of content is going to be flying y'all's way all throughout the season as well. Uh, gentlemen, let, let's get started. You know, we're going to spend a little bit of time, a little bit of time here, but it seems like uh, Jordan Travis is on a really nice trajectory and is in, in rhythm right where you want him uh, 11 days out from kickoff, Dustin. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, I mean, he's really been coming on strong. I think we talked about in the last show that, you know, being being a star at FSU, he's got to do a little bit more during these practices to stand out. And, I mean, he's definitely done it uh, as of late. You know, that connection with Johnny Wilson really seeming strong. And then you saw today, uh, we'll get into it a little bit, but Keon Coleman having a really nice day, him and Jordan Travis connecting a ton. And Keon Coleman showing off some of that talent, you know, going up vertical over – um, a starting caliber defensive back and just making a catch that's absolutely unguardable no matter who's on him. Then having another tough one in the sideline uh, later on. So, I mean, Keon, another guy that's come on strong, not only at that wide receiver position, but also um, at the punt return spot as well. You know, he might be the favorite to uh, end up winning that job. We were talking about him last week, but it just didn't seem like Keon Coleman with his build would fit that criteria for a pun returner but what really has stood out to you about him because I just was able to be there for one day but just seeing his athleticism and seemed like he trimmed up a tiny bit a lot more elusive than we might have thought before arriving to Tallahassee he's a freak I mean ever since the first time I saw him step into practice this fall you know in my mind Keon Coleman has the build of your prototypical NFL wide receiver I mean he's six foot four you know 215 pounds thick and kind of built out and then he's also got the athleticism behind it and also the instincts and you know what's really impressive is him obviously coming off a breakout season at Michigan State coming into Tallahassee wanted to use this year to kind of parlay his way into the NFL you know he's doing a lot of not only making big plays out there but a lot of learning you know you'll see after plays him walking over and speaking about a route with coach Norvell or Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson will pull him over and they're all look at stuff on the jumbotron. So, I mean, just the mental maturity you're seeing from those two guys, you know, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman are going to be quote unquote competing with one another out, out there on the field for touches, but they've shown such an unselfish nature to kind of group together and really try to build out this duo over the last couple of weeks. And, 
you know, it could be a killer one for Florida State if everything connects. I was reading, too, on your observations, and this was one of your top offensive players as well, d and it was QB2, Tate Rodemaker. Um, you know, everybody can go and read the piece at nolgaming.com, but specifically for our listeners, giving a little bit of a better deep dive on what you've been seeing from him throughout camp and then specifically today, which made him stand out to you. It's been fun. There's a real quarterback competition going on right now. You know, Tate Rodemaker trying to hold on to that quarterback two job. And then you've got the true freshman Brock Lynn and also AJ Duffy in there as well, competing to kind of unseat him on that depth chart. And, you know, Glenn's been coming on really strong lately. He was really impressive in that first scrimmage. And we've heard the coaches talk about him throughout fall camp with just that he might be a step of he- a step ahead of where they expect at this point in time. And I think Tate Rodemaker, you know, he's feeling that competition and kind of stepping up his game as well. Saw him hit a couple deep shots in practice, practice today that, you know, were just some really tough throws um, downfield. One, you know, right over a leaping defensive back down the sideline that Goldie Lawrence was able to haul in and then cut up for a big play. The offense ended up kicking a field goal. This was a, a drill a drill with like under 50 seconds remaining. So, you know, trying to get downfield and score quickly. And they were able to do that in large part due to that throw from Tate Rodemaker. So the quarterbacks behind Jordan Travis, who's obviously the entrenched starter for Florida State going into this 2023 season, they're still competing with one another in practice because they know, I mean, there's only a couple months remaining until, you know, those are the three guys and Luke Cromanhock coming in who are going to be competing to replace Jordan one day. I think I'm not just the only one here and definitely watching, but I had this question about Winston Wright. Are we good. legitimately, you know, are we are we legitimately thinking that this is going to be the debut of Winston Wright and Orlando? I think that's what everybody wants to know at this point. Today might have been his best practice that we've seen since he suffered that injury over a year ago. I mean, you're starting to see that pre-injury explosive, that burst that Winston Wright had on film from his time at West Virginia, you're seeing that starting to come back a little bit. And I noticed it today, you know, watching the special teams portion of practice, they were going through kickoff drills and Winston had a couple that went to him and I was like, man, he's really hitting that open field and kind of putting it into an extra gear that we weren't seeing in the spring. In the spring, we were still seeing some hesitation, some uncertainty, I think he's starting to work his way past that. And then it carried over into one-on-ones. I mean, he had a beautiful release off the line of scrimmage, got deep on Greedy Vance and caught one over him, had another one um, in one-on-ones that he easily won. So you're seeing that confidence come back. You're seeing, like I said, the speed, the burst start to come back. And, you know, I don't think Winston Wright is someone that Florida State's going to rely on as their primary playmaker during a game. But, I mean, if you can get – 20 good snaps out of him in that slot position and then also have him contributing on kickoff return as well. I mean, that would be huge for Florida State. It's crazy when we were talking about wide receivers, you just forget that he's on the roster and he was such a big transfer when he came in. And just not to see any playing time from him so far is something that fans have been wanting for a long while. But just to have that at its arsenal, I think we heard from – Chris Fowler and Holly Rowe, who were both at the practice today, but Fowler specifically, and I think Holly Rowe was talking about it afterwards when they left the practice, saying how deep this wide receiver room is and the amount of uh, trouble it's going to bring defenses. And that's something we've been stressing all offseason. You know, that's going to be really tough, definitely with Jordan Travis's trajectory of improving as a passer in the pocket. 
and being as elusive as we know he is and seeing the just the kind of capabilities that these wide receivers have with them. It's the most talented group that we've seen in, in ages and in ages at Florida state as a group, as a whole. And there's so much challenge with, with, with experience too, that have been with Jordan Travis, of course, Keon mm-hmm. Coleman being a big contributor this upcoming season, but still it seems like they've built a nice chemistry as well this off season. It's going to be fun. I mean, you know, we're still talking, we haven't talked about Kentron or, carry on and i mean destin hill has really come along strong guys i mean he looks like a guy that has not been off the football field for two years especially lately he to me he looks like someone that is going to be a contributor for florida state in that wide receiver room and then also somewhere on special teams as well you know florida state kind of moving him all around this preseason you know every single one of the wide receiver positions i think with what they have on the outside he probably fits a little bit better in the slot and might be able to earn snaps there faster. But I mean, man, Dustin Hill, he's going to be a dude for Florida state. I think I said, whenever he got here, you know, temper the expectations a little bit. We've seen some things that's been wiped for real. (laughs) We're going to say something easy. I was just saying it's just more proven depth for this wide receiver room that we've talked about ad nauseum the last month, just how insanely talented this room is. And how Norvell is going to get all these guys on the field is going to be an interesting challenge. Like, what's so helpful is then you've got your tight ends who, you know, you've got three bona fide receiving threats for sure. Then you've got your running backs. You know, LT is a proven threat in the passing game. Trey Benson has improved immensely as a receiver throughout the preseason. Rodney Hill can get involved there as well. And then you're like, okay, what about the offensive line? They've got 200 plus combined starts to their name and have looked fairly well during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to see, just to hear about Destin Hill, the mindset that he's brought in. It was great hearing that from a lot of the assistant coaches talk about Hill. You know, he came in with uh, a chip on his shoulder and uh, to come in with that kind of body type too. And, you know, just seeing him in person too, he, he looks the part, but it's just to see him developing inside of this offense, just, you know, you know, Mike Norvell is just slicking his chops with what he can do to get that guy, just get the ball. And if he can just have a, just one, two defenders on him, I've got Dustin Hill taking it for 10, at least. That's just, if you go back at tape, man, he was one of the most fun to watch in high school. And, you know, it's just crazy to think too, that, you know, Jordan Travis is back there as well. Who's a hybrid friggin' running back and a quarterback at the same time. You know, that's just, just forget that the capabilities that Jordan Travis has, man, or we've just been spoiled with it the last three and a half years. It's such a versatile offense. You know, you figure out one way to stop it and Florida state can go another way. It's going to be really interesting. I think to see week by week, how defenses are scheming against this offense. Cause there's so many playmakers, you know, maybe you can try and take away someone, but that leaves another guy or another position group with a chance to uh, make up some ground. So just at every position, you know, barring any injuries, it's going to be extremely tough to stop this Florida State offense. Top five in the country, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I, you know, it's not in the notes here as much. You got a few offensive linemen in here, but just going into now, we're getting close to game week. What have you seen from those uh, during the spring, Dustin? I was there, so I got to see a lot of those newcomers come in. And it was, you know, that's how it was. Coach Atkins told us that the same way. They had to build chemistry, and it's going to take a long while to kind of do that. And I'm just wondering, 
just from your perspective, going from the spring now into fall camp, we're getting close to game week. What kind of growth have you seen from them? And also in like the running game, they're opening up some holes for Holmes, Trey Benson, Rodney Hill, Toa Philly, et cetera. The battles have been extremely exciting. I mean, Florida State's offensive line going against that deep defensive line. There have been some really intriguing back and forth moments from both sides. You know, we've seen practices where the defensive line is dominated. And then we've seen other practices where the offensive line has really been able to set the tone. And I've said it before, but that's exactly what you want. You want these back and forth moments because that's just helping each side get better um, day by day. And as far as the offensive line, you know, running the ball, I think you've got to feel extremely comfortable there. You can probably run the ball on anyone in the country um, you know, pass blocking, there's still some stuff left to be desired. But at the same time, you know, Robert Scott obviously still working his way back from that injury that kept him out all the spring. Bless Harris was out for the entirety of last season and is still getting back into the swing of things. So I think you've got to be comfortable with the experience you have and with the talent you've added in. We heard Coach Atkins talk about it after the second scrimmage. He said, this is a unique situation where there's more than five guys that are going to be starting throughout the 2023 season. So again, this could be something kind of matchup based where Florida state alters things a little bit, depending on what kind of defensive front they're going against or the strengths of that certain defense on the schedule, it's going to be intriguing. And that's kind of, I don't know, I would say hope for, but having more than five guys is big for Florida state, you know, having eight or nine and especially with the depth. I mean, when you're going to your sixth, seventh or eighth, eighth man, that's going to be a guy who's played a lot of college football at the FBS level no matter if it's someone that's been at Florida State or one of those transfers coming in. So, you know, all in all, I'm really comfortable with what you have in that group up front. But, again, it's going to take staying healthy throughout that season, which, you know, offensive linemen, they tend to get banged up. Mm -hmm. That's great to hear. Really big. Keeping Jordan Travis healthy is what's going to send you to a potential ACC championship. You know, that's what they had to do last year. And for the most part, it took a little while to build the chemistry there, but they, they were able to protect him and let him do his thing with his arm as we saw him grow as a passer. But, you know, this year going to have to do the same. And I think Florida State, you know, has done a good job with knowing what they needed and bringing in experience that some Coach Atkins just knows what to do. So we'll see. We'll see if this is potentially last season of Coach Atkins. We'll see, <laughs> man. I mean, don't don't say that. Pos- positive thoughts it. here. Huh? Positive thoughts here. Come on. That's man. right. Optimism, right? We're not we're not there yet. We got to stick to what is ahead of us. Like Mike Norvell says, just one day at a time. What we can take care of, we'll take care of. But yeah, Coach Atkins knows how to deliver at the offensive line and build depth, and also bring in raw, fresh freshman talent too so we'll see uh we'll see what happens there with the o-line going into week one against lsu that'll be a good test um anything outside of this i mean i was good to see fowler there holly Rowe. i was expecting this to happen but it looks like we'll have kirk herbstreet and fowler and holly Rowe on the sideline for uh florida state's matchup against the tigers not official or anything but i did hear Fowler say on his Instagram story that he will be indeed he said he's very lucky to be calling this game um, but uh, Holly Rowe will be on the sideline and I would imagine we'll have Kirk Herbstreet also in the booth too so I know college game day is going on Saturday but the main A1 crew will be also in Orlando as well so should be a fun fun weekend and only Disneyland. the only other thing that I can think of is uh, Wednesday today 
was probably Fentrell Cypress's most active day of the preseason. I mean, he was all over the place, had some really fun battles with Hakeem Williams where he was able to make him uncomfortable and pre- uh, prevent a couple catches, had a nice play in one-on-ones, and then came back during team drills and there was a pass that was thrown out to a tight end on the sideline, ended up bouncing off the tight end's hands, and Fentrell came in, picked it off, and ran it the other day. So just some really encouraging signs from him. You know, he's – wouldn't say he's been quiet this preseason. I mean, that's a little bit of a good thing when you're a defensive back, but especially now, you know, he's starting to pop up more and more um, as of late. And I think you can see he's starting to grow more confident in that system because, I mean, we did see some uh, up and down moments during the spring, but I would say compare comparing that to the preseason, he's been a lot more consistent. That's great to hear. That's really good to hear. Going to need him. Going to need him big time. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap up just practice observations. Got a lot more to talk about this evening. Um, any, anything, anything else quick hitter wise before we jump into game by game here and really, well, I mean, uh, we've got a commitment coming up. I'm going to say, God forbid, I'd be the one that bring up a recruiting, recruiting <laughs> thing, but I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, VZ run us through it real quick. No, 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 no. I was going to, I was going to ask Dustin. Oh, you're going to hand it off. Yeah. You're going to hand it off yeah, to him. But you, but... He, he brought it up himself. Yeah. Uh, another could, – could 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 Sertan do it again? No way, right? It, Pat, <laughs> Pat Sertan, he, he might be that guy. I mean, he hasn't even coached a single game at the college level yet, but he mm-hmm. might be that guy. Uh, touted safety, Zaquan Patterson, set to announce this weekend, Saturday – August 26th, um, down to five contenders on decision day, Florida State, Michigan, Miami, Ohio State, and Auburn. You know, this is one where Florida State's been trending as of late, have done some real work over there at a Shamanad Madonna over the last year, obviously landing Edwin Joseph and then continuing to recruit guys like JoJo Trader and Jeremiah Smith, multiple other guys out of that high school, um, Chris Ewald, a 2025 recruit as well. So, I mean, they've got a heavy presence there and, you know, Florida State is trending for this one. We'll see if they're able to close it out. But, I mean, if so, adding Zaquan Patterson in to the boat that already includes, I mean, such a coveted defensive back class, uh, it would be absolutely insane to say the least. But Florida State, they did it with Charles Lester. They did it with K.J. Bolden. We'll see if those uh, Saturdays keep providing good things. No matter what happens, I'm here for the meltdown because I'm sure Twitter or X or whatever calling is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it will be fun a whole lot. Yeah, Coach Sertan, man, if it, if it does go down, goes in FSU's favor, this defensive backfield of the future, which is already being, from what we've seen so far, developed in the right way. Guys are in the right spots. And, uh, you know, a lot of these youngsters that just arrived on campus are making plays. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't remember seeing that from some of these youngsters coming in so early. You know, even Greedy Vance, it took a whole spring for him to kind of start clicking. And we saw him get into it in fall camp. Remember that, Dustin? And we gave him a hard time. We're like, oh, my goodness, okay, we won't see a lot of Greedy Vance in 2022 and ends up leading the whole team in interceptions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even is getting better and better while we watch him through camp. Yeah, just sticking, sticking with the recruiting, you know, we were talking, it was either last week or the week before, about Rydarius Morgan, Florida State's former safety commitment, flipping to Alabama. And then, I mean, now you potentially replace him with a top 150 or better talent in Saquon Patterson if they're able to pull that out on Saturday. Uh, just an embarrassment of riches so far for Tribe 24. And 
you know, they might be pushing for one more defensive bag to round out that class as well um, if they do land Patterson. But, yeah, like you said, the young defensive backs, I mean, man, they they have come in and they're competing for spots. It's been really fun to watch uh, with the guys that went here in the spring. I mean, we knew Quindarius uh, Jones and K.J. Kirkland were guys back in the spring. You know, they proved yeah. it right then. But then the rest of them to come in without the benefit of going through the offseason program and just jumping right into the swing of things. I think that's maybe even more impressive to see what Comrade Hussey, you know, Edwin Joseph, Jabril Rawls, Ashton Barker have been able to do since they got to Tallahassee. Um, it, it speaks to the level of coaching that I think they're getting from Pat Sertan. And what's even more impressive is that these guys were signed after he became the defensive backs coach at Florida State. So, I mean, a lot of these guys outside of Ashton Barker weren't even quote unquote his recruits. So to see what he's been able to turn them into in such a short time period, I mean, multiple of those guys are going to end up playing on defense or on special teams this year, a really bright future for that unit, which coach Norvell, I mean, just, he mentioned them after the second scrimmage, he mentioned them today. They just keep popping up. Mm. 11 days, 11 days away from kickoff FSU's, FSU fans super excited for it. Dealy, what's the schedule for the rest of the week uh, practice-wise for the team? What is that? Yeah, so we've got another practice uh, tomorrow morning that we will be in, a, be in attendance for. FSU is doing some stuff on Friday. I believe it to be sort of a scrimmage. That's going to be closed, but then we'll reconvene. Actually, uh, looks like I think Saturday night in Doak Campbell Stadium. Might have to correct that and look at the schedule, but – we do have a Saturday night practice. I think that's going to just be maybe more of a walkthrough type thing. And then, you know, we reconvene on Monday for the opening press conference of the season as FSU kicks off game week. Ooh, ooh, right there. there. We're almost there, baby. I mean, I'm going to have my, well, I'll be in a press box for the Bucks game, but I will have on another monitor, whatever college football game is on. I can go ahead and tell you that right now. So I'm fiending for it. I'm fiending for it like a, Freaking druggy on looking for heroin. Uh, that just All came right. out of nowhere. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, let's jump into some record predictions and go game by game for this. Uh, before we jump into that, make sure you guys hit the like button. I think we've got over a hundred now on YouTube hanging out with us this evening. So Why? if you want to mind, smack that like button. Uh, also share with your friends. Tell them to come hang out with us. Tell them to come in and pop in. Like I said, I want everybody game by game to also throw in in their comments as well and let us know what you think, who's going to win. You don't have to really put the score predictions, but uh, just give us a win or loss and we'll work from there. And next week we'll do score predictions for Florida State versus LSU. So let's go and kick this thing off. Seminoles are going to go travel down to a neutral site game Next Sunday, we've got a primetime kickoff in Camping World Stadium where Florida State beat Oklahoma last season in their bowl game to reach their 10th win of 2022 and beat Brent Venables and the Sooners. This time, they're going to be facing Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers, uh, number five in the country versus number eight. Florida State beat the Tigers last year and a thriller as we all know Shaheen Brown with the phenomenal block there and <laughs> Louisiana friggin New Orleans just went absolutely nuts craziness phenomenal experience being down there but this time the Tigers are looking for a rematch Jaden Daniels a Heisman hopeful there at quarterback 
They've got Perkins, who is a potential Heisman runner, too, and just the skill that he has on the defensive side. And, you know, Florida State, you already know what they're bringing. So a lot to like in this, a ton of great storylines. We'll have a full preview for this game next week with our LSU writer on the network with Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated. So he'll be giving us a rundown of LSU side of things. But, gentlemen, how we how we feeling here? Because we've been talking about it even in our Discord preseason meeting earlier, our writers meeting, we were just like wondering what are we gonna do here? How do we do this? I still don't y'all know. Two, we're, y'all, we're sitting y'all, here right remember, now. Last year, y'all two predicted Florida State to lose to LSU. I was the solo one here that predicted Florida State to beat LSU. Um it's true. I'm just happy we're not as high up anymore in that friggin' press box because I was freaking out off of two hours of sleep after being in the casino for a little too long. <laughs> too much to drink. Maybe other night. things that I should have never gotten myself involved with, but <laughs> glad we're just going to be an Orlando family experience. What happens in the casino stays in the casino. Absolutely. Absolutely. Doing, doing quality work for us, that's for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you. I got my win. I got my win. I was one to know on the staff record prediction, so I was ready to celebrate. <laughs> but gentlemen, what are we thinking? How 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 are we going here? How, what what is y'all's guts telling you? What's your guts telling you? Go ahead, Dustin. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't know. It sounds like my gut's pretty quiet, but I mean, this is a, this is a tough one. I've gone gone back and forth with this one over the last couple of months, but I mean, just recently, I've been feeling pretty strongly about Florida State's chances in this matchup. And, I mean, we'll get more into it next week. But I, just with the stuff that keeps coming out of LSU compared to what we're seeing over here in the preseason at Florida State, you know, it seems like one team may be a little more focused than the other right now. It's been interesting to see the the media – I don't want to say reaction, but, like, expectation for this game. Like, Joel Klatt's like, oh, yeah, Florida State doesn't stand a chance. LSU's going to win this game. I think Joel Klatt's one of the best in college football right now. It's it's just like Dustin said. There's there's these little things coming out of LSU. You know, Denver Harris missed a week. I think he just got back to practice this past weekend. Uh, J.K. Johnson's dealing with injury. That that secondary is looking a little exposable. As we just talked about earlier, Florida State's receiver room's looking pretty, pretty nice. Um, I'm expecting them to really take advantage of that. Both teams really improved through the transfer portal. I think they both had top 10 transfer portal classes, according to on three. So they both added to what they already had last season. It's going to be a really, really exciting game. But I'm kind of with Dustin. I'm, I've, I've been leaning Florida State the last last couple of weeks for this one. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as well. I'm going to stick from what I had last year, and I'm not going to change any. And the fact that Florida State went to New Orleans and showed us that they can take care of business there, I, I feel more comfortable as well as them going nearby. They already traveled last year. So did LSU, but still, you're closer to home. Mangervell really presses for guys to be an, uncomfortable during the offseason and during fall camp and them going into this game like – atmosphere national stage i think this team is just used to it now and i couldn't say that two three years ago i really couldn't i you know i wouldn't pick them to beat a team of this caliber if they didn't have a quarterback that's been able to show us that he can show out when the bright lights are on and you've got so much experience and this defense is majority of this whole defense is coming back with more Mm -hmm. experience and yeah you know i i honestly wouldn't think it was so close if daryl jackson got his waiver cleared too you know i I just think going against LSU's offensive line, this this defensive line would would have been 
I mean, it's still going to be nasty, but still, it's like it's just too many different things going on LSU's side that FSU's favoring, in my opinion, at the moment where we're at, at least in fall camp. We'll see if anything changes here. But, you know, Brian Kelly's dealing with a few more things, and Mike Norvell's kind of just going day by day, you know, game prep by game prep. And, and, you know, for a healthy team, for the most part, for FSU, too, coming out of those scrimmages, this team's ready to go against LSU. And I'm also looking at Jared Verse here, too. He took care of Will Campbell last year. That was the one-on-one that I was looking forward to watching, and he dominated that. He showed that he's a more experienced player, but Will Campbell also got another year, and he improved, too, on the SEC level as well. So I'm interested to see that battle and and preview that next week when we go into it. Um, But, you know, a Jared Verse fully healthy, that's what we got to see week one. And after that, whenever he got dinged up against Louisville, kind of wasn't fully 100% for the rest of the season. He doesn't have a brace on, right, Dustin, during practice right now? I I can't answer that question. True, but at least from pictures and videos of him walking in, I haven't seen any of any any of it on. So it seems like Verse is a full hundred and ten percent to go, and that should be really nerve wracking for Jaden Daniels and and Will Campbell. And speaking of Jaden Daniels, I know we'll talk more about it next week, but I'm really curious to see how Florida State plays him this year. He he got loose on his legs a couple couple times last year, and mm-hmm. you know that's led him to be a Heisman favorite, just like Jordan Travis. I think. Daniels is up to second in the current Heisman odds. So there's a lot of fun storylines that we'll talk more in depth next week, but it's going to be a fun game no matter what. Yeah, these are two really talented teams. I'm just – I'm feeling good about Forsay with what I've seen in the preseason. And, you know, the victory against LSU last year was before the coming out party, you know, before we saw Jordan Travis ascend and Trey Benson and Johnny Wilson and even Jared Versum and a lot of the rest of the guys on both sides of the ball that are all back for another season. So there's definitely some confidence brewing in Tallahassee. All right. So we're all starting off one and O there in Orlando. Okay. All right. Mark it down. All right. So then Florida state in week two is going to be facing Southern miss. This will be a late night one. Goodness gracious. I think that's just going to be a theme after Boston college with ACC going to want to push out and make sure they get enough viewership on the Seminoles with all the little chit chatter this off season. But uh, yeah, Florida State's going to face Southern Miss for their home opener at 8.30 on the ACC Network. Going to enjoy a lot of those commercials for those of fans listening at home of the same thing over and over and over again. During the middle of plays. Yeah, yeah. Might not even have the camera on the play actually itself happening. So. Quality programming. Now, we were talking earlier this offseason – Dustin, you said this could be a close one. You never want to look out. You know, I'm scared of looking. <laughs> the, 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 fighting, the fighting Frank Gore Jr. This, this is a you, sleeper you gotta game. You got to watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I got Florida State starting off the season 2-0 here. I'm not going to spend too much more time on this. But it'll be fun. Home opener, definitely. Florida State comes away with a win against the Tigers. And there's some chatter. There might be some new lights coming into Doak, so I'll be looking forward to that. Maybe some cool LED ones that we've seen a lot of other college football stadiums use. So maybe we'll see some garnet and gold, some flashy lights. But other than that, I think Florida State's going to be able to get their starters out in that third quarter and keep Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Fabo, a lot of those guys safe going into the rest of the game. I've got Florida State here. I just think this is one you can't overlook, especially, you know, Frank Gore having that 300-plus-yard performance in the bowl game and this one falling just six days later after you take on LSU 
in Orlando. There could be a physical fatigue factor, you know, having one less day off to prepare for this game. And, you know, we've seen these quick turnarounds hurt Florida State in the past. So I think this will be a huge moment for Florida State to show that maturity over the years, come out and really take care of a lesser opponent. Like you said, get their starters out early. But I'm just saying I could see this one being closer than expected, depending on uh, how Florida State's feeling that night. Yeah, none of us are going to get silly and have Southern Miss winning this game. I do like this challenge of you, you schedule a Southern Miss team that has an extremely talented running back in Frank Gore Jr. two weeks before you go to Clemson and play Will Shipley. I, I like that matchup. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so we're there 2-0 and for the Seminoles. And then, man, oh, man, you're, you're going to be up there for this one, D. Lou. You're going to be up there yes, in sir. Boston for us for a little nooner, a little nooner at ABC. Shipping up to Boston. That's right. You sure are. You sure are. A little little date vacation, too. Got to put that in there with the wifey. Is the game really at noon? Is that a real thing? Apparently. You're That's lo- what I'm you're seeing looking at it like I am. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's our job. That's what we do for a living. This is what we do for a living. So. <laughs> this is good. This is good to know. But, uh, yeah, make sure your flights are right there, Dustin. Jesus. Make sure everything's accommodated for. But, uh, yeah, Florida State's going to go travel to Boston College. Uh, how are we feeling about this one? I'm not too concerned about the Eagles and their state at the moment. Always a physical matchup nonetheless. But I think the Seminoles are going to be do just fine here in Chestnut Hill. You never know. Uh, first road game of the season. But Boston College, I mean, coming off a pretty – horrendous three and nine campaign and you had Zay Flowers obviously going the first round of the NFL draft to the Ravens. Um, Phil Jerkovich actually transferred within the conference. He's now at Pittsburgh. So Florida State will be seeing him later in the season. That means Boston College will be breaking in new starting quarterback. Looks like it's going to be Emmett Moorhead who uh, contributed some for the Eagles last season. But, you know, I just think with where Florida State is, and with where Boston College is, you got to feel comfortable for the Seminoles, even though this will be their first true test on the road. Yeah, Boston College was picked to finish 13th in ACC or at ACC Media Day and predicted order of finish. Hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being an ugly one. And I'll be honest, the uh, home atmosphere at Boston College, especially at noon, although. It's not going to be great. I've been there. We, we do have to say they will have some bulletin board material with Jordan Travis calling them his favorite place to play in because there's no there's no noise. So it's, maybe maybe they show up a little bit. Maybe they put it on all the lockers, all the seatbacks, and then it lasts for like a quarter and a half, and then it's twenty eight to three. The only noise the you hear is the stadium sounds. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and I swear to God, the amount of times they played Mr. Brightside during a single game. <laughs> it's a good song, but not when you play it 41 times and a half. I mean, just like a, <laughs> just it was just random to me. That song came out 20 years ago. Can we get something else? I mean, also, Boston College is over under for the season is projected five and a half. I don't think this is going to be one of the wins. I don't think so either. Under. I hate to tell him. Hit the under. Yeah. And not red bandana game either, right? Oh, I hope not. Actually, I thought it. Hold on, I'll check. Are they doing it? Usually, it is, but I don't know. I feel like it is. Well, that changes my whole prediction. Oh, Uh, Matt Matt is telling us it is in the chat. Yep, Florida State September sixteenth. It's usually around September eleventh, so that would make sense. Perfect. Then, okay. There will be some atmosphere. Heck yeah! Not much though. 
Uh, yeah, the line right now is set at 18 and a half in Florida State's favor. The over wow. is 48 and a half. So, yeah, FSU heavily favored going into this one. Whew. And then up next, before Florida State's bye week, the Florida State Seminoles and us as a crew will be traveling up to South Carolina for Florida State to face on the Clemson Tigers, who are ranked one spot behind Florida State at number nine. Obviously, this will change as we get into this week four matchup, but still, Florida State's going to be going up there to be a potential big-time matchup between Florida State and Klubnik. Uh, the Tigers got away with the win last year and dope. Seminoles tried coming back. Jordan Travis tried to do as much as he could, but couldn't come away with the win. And then if you think about it a year prior to that, Jermaine Johnson's big takeaway there, you know, Florida state almost pulling off, but just too many of self-inflicted wounds and mistakes. And, you know, this team has grown and grown and grown. And, you know, I'm just speaking of DJ Lundy here back in 2021 and, you know, just seeing his growth. You know, a lot of these players have been in the system. They played this team before a lot of times, but Dabo Sweeney has always had their hand, man. They've always found a way to, to beat the Seminoles no matter what. But does this streak end here in Death Valley, which will be a projected eight o'clock kickoff, rocking crowd? You know, it's going to feel exactly to me, Dustin, how it felt as close as we could back when we were up there in 2013. Yeah. I was. Um, that's as close as it's going to be. I was just about to bring up 2013 because it's got that same kind of feel where, you know, there's a very realistic chance both of these teams enter this game undefeated. It's early in the season. There's going to be there's a lot of hype around both teams, and it's going to be a really really exciting matchup. Just and just for reference, Clemson's opening schedule is Duke, Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, and then they play Florida State. So if Florida State gets by LSU, which we all predict, predicted they would. This is going to be the game of the ACC. And, you know, Clemson's going to be breaking it in. New offensive coordinator, obviously Garrett Riley's one of the best to do it. But still going to be early on in the season where they may be working through the kinks, still trying to figure things out. Obviously, like Logan mentioned, new quarterback in Kate Klubnik. Is, is it finally time? Is, is it finally that time? If it's not now, then who knows when it's going to be. I mean, Clemson – Obviously, has won seven straight in this matchup. Like you were going into earlier, Logan, the 2021 game, Florida State nearly stole it in Death Valley, had a lead in the fourth quarter, and then Clemson went down for that game-winning drive. You cut out eight minutes of the 2022 game, FSU beats Clemson by 10, 14 points. I mean, they really screwed themselves in a small part of the game a season ago. And then now – like Austin was saying, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, whereas Florida State, they have all this experience and all these guys who have tasted those defeats over the last two years. I mean, they know they've got to get over Clemson if they want to win the ACC in 2023. Screw it. I'm picking Florida State. Damn it. I was I was going Florida State too. I think it's finally that time. You know, like you just said, I, I was at that game two years ago that Florida State should have won, you know, Jermaine Johnson with the strip sack. He had Lawrence Toffili with the with the rollover. Crazy yeah. touchdown. <laughs> One of the, two of the craziest plays I've seen in my life, and they somehow still lost that game. And it's it's these two different evolutions of college football where Dabo is still holding on to the you know traditional recruit, develop, bring your guys up, and Norvell's like, oh no, we're going all in on the transfer portal. This is how we're going to win in college football. 
this is them coming to a head at least this early on in the season before they probably meet again in December in Charlotte. Um, but I will also take Florida State. Mm-hmm. Damn. This is all kind of raw here. This is raw. You know, we didn't really have our minds made today at all. I don't feel nope. like we're kind of no. just pushing it to the back burner. Did not want to make a decision on it whatsoever. Um, yeah. 8, 8 p.m. kickoff. I, I think this team is ready for it. Uh, if, if Jared Verse and Florida State's defensive line can get to club Nick throughout the game, then I think that's going to be your sealer. It's just going to be straightforward like that. And uh, I, I think they'll do that. I think we're going to hold hands here throughout the schedule and see. Oh, who I think that's what we're going to do. But yeah, I think I've got Florida State taking over Clemson uh, and Death Valley, which the last time I was able to see that was really the last time. 2013. Yep. And I haven't been there. It's been a decade. It's crazy to think, good God, time the has last, flown by. Last time FSU beat Clemson, 2014, and that overtime game in Doak where our former coach, Carlos Williams, scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime. But And they, and they should have won in 16, if not for the shitty yeah. chop block. 17 was close, and then, then you had 18. That was a good time. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> and, then, and then they should they should have won the last two years. So ho- ho- hopefully this is the year they revert all those bad misfortunes. Yep, exactly. Well, that's going to take us on to Florida State finally here, getting a nice bye week. I think it's going to be heavily, heavily needed, man. Uh, this is the first them. time I've ever liked having an early bye week. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that stretch, please, like, like I said earlier, Boston's always a physical matchup. Guys get dinged up after that. They always bring physicality no matter what. It's been that way for well over a decade. So then you go at Clemson. You know, a lot of this is going to have to deal with health too. But um, starting off the season 4-0 is going to get national media talking. At that, at that point, you're a top three team in the country at that point. For sure. Gonna need might a lot be, of, you might be a top two. A lot of ice baths that week. Mm-hmm. You'll 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 still sit behind Georgia at one just because of their little cupcake schedule. It's, just same, glide through. same goes for Michigan, who yeah, has was... just a cupcake of a schedule to start, and then Jim Harbaugh comes back from that suspension. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, oh, they deserve to be up there because Jim Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh wasn't there to coach them, so they still performed well and they still won. Yada yada yada. So that's yeah. gonna be the fun part of going back into uh, polling politics, which we haven't had to really cover. For a long time here, so that schedule is bad. Yeah, no joke. All right, so after the bye week on September 30th, we're going to head into October, which is going to be a little bit more of an easy going. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But in my opinion, I think so. Florida State's going to take on the Hokies on October 7th, and Doak, Virginia Tech's coming back after. Remember last time Virginia Tech came? I, I remember. Tallahassee. Please don't remind me because then I'm, I'm, two days later I was in the hospital with a kidney stone. So hopefully this time it's <laughs> different. Jesus. Well, I didn't <laughs> think it was going to go that route. Man, never had a loss that bad. <laughs> it, man, it was brutal. <laughs> I, I can I can tell. God dang. Yeah, um, I remember the last time an unranked Virginia Tech team came into Tallahassee to play a ranked Florida State team with a lot of expectations. Wasn't, wasn't Virginia yeah. Tech ranked that game? Or am I tripping? I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I know, I know FSU was. Virginia Tech might have been like 25 or something. I think they're 21. Hold on. I'll check. I don't know. Yeah. But Either yeah. way, I tried to blur out most of that night. So That was really rough. Really rough. Yeah, Virginia Tech was 20th. Florida State was 19th. Mm. 
I you think they turn on Swag Surf? Oh man! Kickoff? I hope not. You think they do? I hope if they do it, they better be up forty-five nothing in the fourth quarter. Because <laughs> that then it'd be hilarious. Uh huh. That'd be yeah, like put in the chat Swag Surf on for the Virginia Tech game. Just start seeing flashbacks like Vietnam whenever I hear that. <laughs> Nom. Uh, but yeah, what are we thinking here? I've, I've got FSU winning this game. Uh, Virginia Tech's not the Virginia Tech they were quite a long while ago, and I'll just keep it at that. Yeah, so, similar to Boston College, uh, Virginia Tech was finished or projected to finish 11th in the ACC, and they had the same over-under of 5.5. I don't think this is going to be one of those wins. Florida State should roll pretty easily here. Not really worried about Virginia Tech bringing back their quarterback for a second straight year, but he only threw nine touchdowns to nine interceptions a season ago. You know, not not a ton to be excited about for the Hokies in 2023, and this game will follow suit. I will say I do like Ollie Jennings. I think I had him on my all-ACC ballot at wide receiver. He was really good at Old Dominion last year, tore Virginia Tech apart, and then he flipped sides to join Virginia Tech. He's going to be something to worry about, but other than that, it's not much. <laughs> I like that. It's not much after that. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, <laughs> no, no. I, I just like it. It was like straight and blunt and straight to it. I mean, that's exactly what this is and what the Hokies are going to be bringing. They don't. It's just nothing too great. Like extremely talented that I don't think is going to go over Florida State. The only thing I can say is it's one of those games where you want Florida State not to overlook it coming out of the bye week and with the projected projected success that uh, we're giving them in September. You want them to come out of that bye week strong and, I mean, bury Virginia Tech, who, as yeah. Austin said, is projected to be one of the worst teams in the conference, and they might be worse than 11th. Speaking of being one of the worst teams in the conference, Syracuse up next. <laughs> Wait, one of the worst teams? What? <laughs> come on. Wait, what? You know? Yeah, they were tough. You know, they're at least mid-tier. Uh, Come on, I, Babers. I think Babers is gone by Halloween. <laughs> oh my I God. thought we said this last year, too. We did. We did. And then they got out to 6-0 and start, or was it 5-0? And, and, and then they finished 6-6. Six and six, So, yeah. I, I, I really do think he's gone by Halloween this year. <laughs> no, I remember we were looking at the schedule like, man, Syracuse, they might be tough whenever FSU goes there in November. And then they were on that losing streak. And, I mean, FSU went in there and just – kick them in the head. I mean, they Garrett Schrader couldn't do anything. I forget what the final score was, but it was right after that Miami game. And they just absolutely it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to a little. I'm a they they thumped them on the road, and you know now Florida State. I think they've beaten Syracuse now every year since Mike Norell's got here. They had that 2021 game-winning field goal, uh, and then the beat down last year, even though Garrett Schrader is back once again at quarterback, you know, Florida state did a really good job of limiting him in 2022. Sean Tucker is gone. So Syracuse is going to be relying on a new workhorse at running back. And, you know, with how Florida state has done against them in the past, got to feel good about this one. Yeah. It was 38 to three last year. Garrett Schrader was six of 16 for 65 yards. Sean Tucker had just 52 yards. Uh, all ACC first team tight end, Ronde Gadsden, had one reception for 29 yards. And then Jordan Travis just absolutely lit them up 21 for 23 for three touchdowns. And Trey Benson had 163 on the ground. Florida State got better. I don't think Syracuse did. So uh, I expect the theme to continue. Yeah. Benson, trucks coming. Watch out. 
Yeah, that was the point of the year where Florida State had really hit their groove and running. Yep. And they you just got ranked that week, too. Heading, in, heading into that Syracuse game, they had gotten ranked for, I think, the first time in a long time. Haven't looked back. Yeah. I think Florida State's running game could really put some games away early, too, and be game, game manage the game in the time of games, too. They really could. So, yeah, we've got Florida State beating Syracuse there. And then another – got back-to-back – home games for Florida State as they're going to face Duke, who I think is going to be a good matchup. Back to back to back. Yeah, it's three straight. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Florida State literally going to have another second-year quarterback coming in. But Duke uh, having a little bit of a better uh, play there than maybe Virginia Tech uh, stats that you had, Dustin, for them. Uh, Not not the greatest. But, yeah, Duke's going to be coming in. Had a nice year last year. Got a coach that seems like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, is developing his players, but yeah, Riley Leonard is going to be returning for his second season after impressive first year. Uh, I, I still think though, Florida State's talent wise is going to try to give him some fits too, and we'll see how well Duke's offensive line can take on the, this defensive line. And I also do really like what we've been hearing from camp on DJ Lundy, and if, mainly Lundy, but seeing others too in defensive backfield flying around, being the right spots too. I think that's going to be a good theme throughout the season, how they'll do against some of these quarterbacks that, you know, are can pass the ball. Are they going to put themselves in the right spots and also be really strict on where they're at and watching film and making sure there's no explosive plays because Florida State was one of the best teams in the country last year of not allowing those big yardage plays. So uh, I, I still – I think Florida State's in favor here, but I do think this will be a, a pretty decent game in Doe Campbell. I think it will be a, a close one. We'll go into the fourth quarter, but I think the Seminoles take it out here. And this will be a big ACC game as well too because you got to remember divisions are gone. Top two ACC teams in the country will go to Charlotte. So that's another thing to keep in mind. This is another sleeper game to keep your eye on. Uh, Duke, you know, a lot of people – would kind of laugh them off in previous years, but coming off a nine and four campaign, seems like Mike Elko is doing some good things there. Uh, Riley Leonard has some uh, legitimate NFL prospects, a dual threat quarterback. And, you know, all it takes is one crazy game by a good quarterback to uh, flip one on the road. So for say they're going to need to be really prepared for this one coming off what we think will be two laughable home games against um, Virginia Tech and Syracuse. Like I said, they're just going to need to continue to show that maturity that we've seen from the preseason and don't overlook opponents. Just continue to take it week by week. And, you know, Duke will come in there well coached and give them a good performance. But Florida State with the talent advantage on both sides of the ball and the overall experience should be able to pull this one out. As good as Leonard is, Florida State still has the advantage at quarterback, which is, which is yes. not anything to scoff at. Jordan Travis is just that good. Uh, Florida State's 21-0 all-time against Duke, make it 22. Uh, I'm kind of expecting Florida State to do to Riley Leonard what they did to Tyler Van Dyke last year. Mm. Yeah, no no basketball here either, right, VZ? This is football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry for the reminder. Hit him in a nice. sore spot. Yeah, thanks. Oh, Appreciate tough. that. Hashtag tough scenes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after that, now the Seminoles will go on a two-week stretch 
on the road. This time they're going to go up to Winston-Salem. VZ, you'll be in attendance for this one, correct? This is a stadium yep. that you wanted to go see really badly. And we're well, like, I don't oh. know, but I don't, I don't know on, about that one. Uh, no, I, you kept I, on stressing, I, I, like, I want to go, I want to go. I'm like, okay, we'll let you go. I know you want to go badly. So this is something you want to mark off your bucket list. And you do, you do have a thing where you do tweet and you say that you've been to this stadium, you have a list. So – well, I do that for basketball. I haven't done it for football. I probably oh. should though. Um, I've I've been to the stadium twice. Both oh. times it has not been pretty. Um, oh. So I, I I want this game for th- this is my coming into moment where you know the LSU streak or the LSU broke my like all FSU football game. That was huge. Just F- just FSU game in general, counting basketball and football. That broke the streak. Mm-hmm. Everyone was making fun of me. I think I was like 0-10 heading into that game. Oh, let me pull up that photo real quick. I'll get that here real soon. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I'd had a bad streak. I'm hoping this is the start of a new streak. Where I'll, where I'll, I'll be in attendance for Clemson, too. Hopefully that continues the streak. But this one will make it, make it three straight, hopefully. It's going to be a, potentially a weird one. You know, Wake Forest has handled Florida State. The past two years, you know, we remember the beatdown in 2021 up in Wake Forest where Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton were flip-flopping every single drive. and just, just trading turnovers. Yeah, five. I think it ended up five total turnovers as Wake Forest just decimated FSU that day. And then last year, you know, a lot of expectations um, undefeated going up into that matchup. And then Florida State for – whatever reason their offense was just a little bit off that day, had some penalties. And then on defense, that slow mesh uh, really ate them up at times. Uh, But now Sam Hartman's gone. He's transferred to Notre Dame. He can no longer do bad things to the Seminoles. And (laughs) let's say end up meeting in a bowl game somehow. And Wake Forest will be breaking in a new quarterback. Looks like it's going to be Mitch Griffiths, who was able to get a little bit of time last year, but you know, doesn't have the experience that Sam Hartman did uh, entering this matchup. Now this game does start to come towards the latter half of the season. So he'll have started, you know, six or seven games by this point, have a little bit more under his belt. But just once again, I mean, it just comes down to the talent that Florida State has going up against a new quarterback. I have uh, no doubts that this game is going to be tougher than it should be with Dave Clawson. I mean, he's just a tremendous football coach and you know, it seems like he's able to find little wrinkles to exploit what Florida State does on both sides of the ball. That's something Mike Norvell, who, you know, he's good friends with Clawson. He's going to have to figure it out, this go around, and get this victory on the road for Florida State. Yeah, it's the slow mesh has always given Florida State problems. And I, I'm really curious to see how they adapt to it this, this time around. Hopefully they can get it figured out because I, I cannot go to Wake Forest and leave their 0-3. Like, that's just not something that should happen as someone that covers Florida State. And if you Gentlemen, can't... we've got breaking news. We've got breaking yeah. news here. I was, got I was breaking about to say news. Um, Breaking news. We were just talking about Florida State versus LSU earlier, but it has been brought to our attention. We love live breaking news, people. Out of Baton Rouge from Wilson Alexander from the advocate and nola news sources lsu star defensive tackle mason smith will not play against florida state the ncaa suspended him for the first game after determining he received an improper benefit he will return in week two so i'm whoa i'm just curious and in this day and age of nil what was the improper benefit like what happened now 
Like, was it before Nion? They found something? I don't understand how that works. I'm Listen, is, does it help Florida State? Absolutely, but I'm just confused. That's all. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Crazy that's stuff. That's a just, just interesting reaction, though. Major miss to LSU's defensive line. Um, Alex Atkins is feeling a little bit smoother for this Wednesday night, but uh, and, yeah. and you have to you have to think this is really going to impact him mentally because he tore his ACL against yep. Florida State last year. I was probably mm. really looking forward to his get back. It's a good note, Austin. This will be really the second straight year that LSU hasn't had Mason Smith in the lineup. He was injured on the opening offensive drive for Florida State in that 2022 matchup. Wasn't able to play for the remainder of the night, and then now. You know, seeing reports, at least, that he's been suspended for one game, which, I mean, just another advantage for Florida State's offense that already has so many coming into this matchup. Trey Benson about to go crazy. Yeah, Trey Benson, LSU bottled him up on the ground last year. So, I mean, you got to think he's another guy that wants to bounce back big against the Tigers and prove what he's able to do. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, Mason Smith getting injured last year, celebrating, jumping up in mm-hmm. the air. And when we were up in the press box seeing him go down, we were like, oh, my goodness, that's Mason Smith down. And, you know, Florida State, after a while, was able to find their groups specifically, though, with Rashawn Ward, but with Trey Benson now having the experience getting off the rust and everything off of that injury and recovering well, you know, you're looking at, you know, a really talented defensive tackle not being able to participate. Still got Perkins, who – uh, from what we heard from a few things, you know, is going to be a guy that's spying Jordan Travis. We'll see how well that can work. But still, nonetheless, Mason Smith brings such a, a lethal play in that interior defensive line that Florida State won't have to, um, once they worry about because, you know, LSU's got some talent there, defensive tackle. But still, Mason Smith's a different, different animal. I thought the chat was joking with us there. Same. We, we, we both went to Twitter real quick. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> jumped over there quick enough. It's one of our Discord members, uh, Stan, jumped in there and was saying it. So I did not trust it at first, Stan, but now I will trust you. So, but yeah, Mason Smith will miss Florida State's game in week one. That hurts. So now let's go back. So does that change anybody's? Uh, I mean, we, we had them winning know? anyways, but you now know, I'm that's how it feel. It's now, it's picking LSU. now you're switching to LSU. <laughs> it, it's one of those that's it's definitely going to affect the Vegas line. Um, I don't FSU might me. shift to the favorite now. Yeah, let me see what it's at right now. Might be yeah, too early for a shift. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, so right now LSU is favored by two and a half. It, I could very easily see it being a pick 'em. Um, by the time kickoff happens next week, because he really is that good. He's a fantastic defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, boom. Okay, cool. I was making sure that Tommy's got that on the back end for us. <laughs> That's always like the second thing. Whenever we have breaking news on here, I'm like, okay, hopefully we have someone on the back end being able to write that to get that out as soon as possible. All right, let's uh, keep moving here, gentlemen. Uh, Wake Forest, we've all got a win for the Seminoles. I think we agreed. Also meant to throw this up before that breaking news happened. Here's this. Of when Austin was in NOLA and he wanted me to take a photo of him. And I don't know if you can read on the sign, but some, some amount of days till basketball season. 
64 days. 64. Uh, I regret this picture. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. This it is incredible content. It took this the pregame too. I did. It wasn't as fun because the year before, I the the reason I took this picture is because the year before I took it at Wake Forest. Oh yeah. When they just obliterated Florida State, and then Florida mm-hmm. State had an okay basketball season. Uh, no one was expecting what happened to basketball <laughs> last year. I I regret this picture, but it was fun in the moment. It was fun in the moment. This was taken before the game as well. So while we were in New Orleans before LSU. So just putting that out there. But yeah, this is a photo for all of our audio listeners. This is a photo of VZ. And also on for, the those that, for those that care, peep the shoe game. Union Jordan ones. We up. Come on. Oh my God. Trying to get distraction here. Look at the sign though. And he says on the sign, Please 64 don't. days until basketball Please season. Don't. You were looking for a piece of paper too to write on. And it says hashtag. No, I, no, hashtag no I bought, I bought post. I bought like paper poster before I left Charlotte and had it in my double bag. <laughs> I, I, I fully sold into the bit and it did not pay off. No, at least you tried. You tried. I tried. I try. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, let's jump. Let's get through these guys. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I think a lot of FSU fans are a little wary about this game. Whenever Florida State goes up to Pittsburgh, they're going to be facing them most likely a nighttime game. Pittsburgh has a rowdy crowd as well. Uh, seems like Pittsburgh likes to start off their season hot, then things slow down a little bit for them, and they face reality. Uh, but should be a fun matchup. Hopefully, hoping I will be there for that one as well. Be my first time up there, and I'm still calling it Heinz Field. It ain't no damn Acrisure Stadium. It's damn Heinz Field where the Pittsburgh Steelers play. But uh, looking forward to hopefully being up there in the little chilly November. Uh, how are we feeling, gentlemen? I think, at least on my end, I've got I've got the Seminoles coming away with the win here, unless Pittsburgh shows me something throughout the season where, oh my goodness, out of nowhere. The Panthers are there. They've lost a lot of talent. I actually get to see that talent every day here in Tampa with uh, Sirbache Dennis, one of their star linebackers, and um, uh, Kalijah Cansey as well, too, being down here in Tampa. They're both drafted by the Buccaneers, lost a lot of talent on defense. Uh, I think lost a few guys offensively, including the running back, too, who was with the New York Jets, who we just watched on Hard Knocks get hurt uh, against the Bucks. So, I think they lost too much talent. They had some good talent last year. Just couldn't go all the way with it. I don't think they're going to beat Florida State, though, this year. I, I do think it would be poetic justice, though, if Florida State lost in the stadium where Logan's favorite NFL team plays. However, <laughs> however, don't do that. however, they do have Phil Jerkovich at quarterback, and Florida State just has embarrassed him the last couple times they've played, so I will be going Florida State here. This is a tough one. Pat Narduzzi is a good coach. He's gotten Pittsburgh in a really good spot uh, the last couple of years, including that ACC championship back in 2021. You know, they are losing a ton of experience, but this team won five consecutive games to uh, conclude the 2022 season. That included a victory against Duke. It included a blowout victory against Miami. And then they also beat a ranked team, uh, ranked UCLA, that is in the Sun Bowl to uh, cap off their 2022 campaign. So, I mean, this is a team that can come up in big moments and win games uh, against better competition. And you got to wonder what the weather is going to be looking like. You know, November in Pittsburgh is 
it's going to be getting cold. Is there going to be snow that day? The wind could be a factor. You know, the elements are something you've got to consider when it comes to this game. This is arguably the trickiest road game of the entire season because you just don't know exactly what you're going to get. Phil Jerkovic is someone that Florida State has, I mean, beaten the hell out of the last couple of years, but he's still a quality quarterback in the ACC, and he's under a good coach in Pat Narduzzi, who we know is going to have a defensive plan ready to go um, against Florida State. So it's going to be an interesting one. I could see this one being closer than expected, but I am going to go FSU here uh, yet again. And and Pitt still has talent. Let's not dismiss them in terms of what they have on both sides of the ball. I think that they're still going to be a pretty solid football team. I think they're tied for sixth in the, in the preseason polls for ACC media day. So they're still going to be a good team. And like Dustin said, the weather will be a factor, but Florida state should still win this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should. I mean, yeah. Should. You never know. Florida state they sometimes have one of them wonky road games. We've seen it derail a potential national championship season in the past. 2012 comes to mind. If if this was at NC State, I'd be nervous just because it's Raleigh. <laughs> yeah. But it's you know it's Pitt. Like yeah. yeah, and I mean at the same time, Florida State they had to win at Pitt to win their last national title. Mm-hmm. Got to do it again. It's, it, it's really nice not to have NC State on the schedule. It's, I, I, I would have loved to have them at home this year. I think Jordan would have been them back. Yeah, he, he he's got to get one back, and I think he would have liked to have one back. Yeah, for sure, most certainly. I think dodging them and North Carolina and Louisville is beneficial to Florida State. Definitely Louisville. I think Louisville is going to surprise some people this year. And North Carolina, obviously, they have Drake May. But, you know, if they couldn't beat Florida State when Florida State sucked, I'm not that concerned when Florida State would be good. Are you all excited for this week one matchup between Duke and Clemson? Keith, I'm excited I'm for it. You. you got it. That's not a game you can sleep on. Mm-mm. That That'll is- tell us how real Duke really is this year. And Duke is at home. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, Clemson's on the road. So that's September 4th, 8 o'clock kickoff. So every FSU fan will be looking into that because guess what? Florida State's going to play on prime time by themselves, lone game on Sunday. So that's the perk of uh, being a Florida State Seminole. We're used to these Sunday night games, which is nice. We get to chill, relax, and enjoy some Saturday college football week one. Did you say that game's on September 4th? Oops, I meant to say Monday. Well, it's Monday, so I guess it's the yeah. next day. Next day. Yeah, yeah. the Duke game is September 4th. Mm-hmm. That's weird. They're really stretching I kinda, these I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, I'll take I'll take college football every day if I could. So this is a close thing. Get some, get some Monday, night, Monday night college football. Sign me up. All right, uh, let's keep going here. We've got a couple left. Uh, here we go. Rivalry game. First true, true rivalry game in state. Florida State versus Miami Hurricanes. This is going to be on November 11th. It's oh, crazy that it's crazy yeah, how close these rivalry games are to one another. I, I really like it, though. I kind of like having the, the heightened pressure of playing your two rivals within three weeks. However, I'm going I'm to pull what a former, co- former co-host would do. Florida State 82 to three. This should not be close. <laughs> It really shouldn't be. I don't think so either. First off, real quick, A13 know our guy on in the Discord too. He said he was gonna be laying some bombs for us tonight, but holy smokes, fifty bomb from him, and he's also dropped another dropped forty two. with that. He's at ninety. Yeah. He's at ninety for the night. 
90 for the night, but appreciate you, 813. That's our guy in the Discord. Make sure you guys go join the Discord, too. Link's in the description in YouTube. But, yeah, uh, Miami, I, I, I just don't see it. It's going to take them, I think, another two years for them to be really competitive with at Florida State's caliber right now. I, I really don't see where. And the quarterback play, we saw what happened to Miami last year. I, I just – Unless something magically changes there for them, it's just not going to be a close game. And it's at home, too. This will be Florida State's like highlight home game of the season. Should be fun. And ABC will still put it at primetime as well. So you'll have a nighttime game in a rowdy Doak Campbell Stadium after potentially being undefeated if it's up to us here with our record predictions, if they're right. But Yeah, um, I, I can't wait for this one. This should be fun, especially because if Miami's, you know, four and six heading into this game or five and five, you know, their their fans are already imploding. A blowout loss at Florida State would not help. Or I guess technically they'd be four and five or five and four or something around there. Florida State uh, beat the hell out of Miami last year. <laughs> I mean – they scored the game-winning touchdown on the first drive of the game. You know, Florida State could have not scored again and won oh, that game. Hold on. Before you go any further, did you see that Miami fan say we were hanging in there in the first quarter? Yeah, <laughs> like, first first drive. <laughs> like, what, what game were you watching? It was over. <laughs> I mean, Florida State, that game was over before the half. You had Miami's crowd heading out. I mean, it was only half-packed anyway, but it was even – less once the third quarter started now flipping this thing to Tallahassee. I mean, it's going to be a sold out rock and dope Campbell stadium. Uh, the biggest game weekend recruiting weekend for Florida state of the season. I mean, they're going to have all of their top targets and some guys that haven't used official visits and all kinds of people coming in for this, uh, game against Miami. Got to think you're going to have some real talent in the stands there. Florida state's going to want to put on a show and obviously this rivalry is personal whenever these two get together. I think it's a little even more so now, you know, with some of the stuff that happened over the off season, some shadiness from Miami behind the scenes. And I think Florida state, you know, they went, they went down to Miami and proved a point last year. I think Mike Norvell wants to do the same things in the comforts of Tallahassee this year, just go out and I mean, frankly, step on Miami's throat. Honestly, who's going to be the bigger opponent here? North Alabama or Miami, you know, that's really what you got to I'm giving it to the I'm, I'm giving it to the Lions. I think they keep it closer. They could but who has more offensive yards, North Alabama or Miami? Ooh. That's, like that that could be a good bet right there. I don't know. It could be close. Dustin's cranking out. He's looking out for some stats here trying to evaluate. <laughs> but yeah, uh yeah, I've got Florida State being Miami and then they'll face North Alabama at home on November 18th. Uh, I got Florida State winning this one. I don't know jack shit about North Alabama. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, they've got purple helmets, and they've got a weird logo. Yeah, respectfully, I know nothing about them. Uh, Florida State should win. It's really an interesting story, because I remember back in the day, you know, Florida <laughs> Going to spiel about North Alabama. What are we doing? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, all right. 
on to the next. <laughs> I remember, like I was saying, no, Florida State. You actually have something? Yes, yes Florida oh, State. They, oh. they had a bunch of guys that transferred, like a bunch of guys that transferred or, or didn't work out at FSU, and they ended up in North Alabama because at the time, North Alabama was a D2. Now they're up to FCS. I think they've explored moving up to FBS as well. So, I mean, this is a program that Florida State has some familiar familiarity with. I think there's at least one coach on staff who actually – coached at North Alabama in the past name escapes me at this point, but regardless, Florida state, they're going to get a victory here. Thank you for that. Thank you very I, much. I, I cannot believe you said more about North Alabama than you did Syracuse. <laughs> like I'm just blown away. <laughs> All right. And then for the grand finale of the regular, regular season, is going to be the Florida Gators and Billy Napier. This will be on the road. We'll be there to cover that one. And Gainesville, Florida State, coming away with the win. Anthony Richardson is off with the Colts now, projected to be a starter up there in Indianapolis. No longer with the Gators. Uh, ended up being a closer matchup than we all had thought. Um, I think when we were putting our score predictions together, I ended up uh, trying to go as long as it could all the way into the fourth quarter, but Seminoles uh, got out of it and won. Uh, how, how are we thinking here? Uh, I'm specifically looking at the quarterback situation. It's a I'm, whole 180. It's a whole 180. I, I'm, lo- I'm looking even further up. Does Napier make it this long? Oh, damn. Because that schedule is brutal. I saw a couple yeah. other sites and analysts think around the same thing about Billy Napier maybe being in some trouble. Because, you know, everywhere, I think their projected over-under is five and a half. Almost everywhere you look, people are saying they're going to go four and eight, five and seven. You know, if they get to this game and they're four and seven, and Florida State blows them out, just, is that the is that it for Napier? I mean, they went six and six with a top five quarterback and some real talent on defense with Javon Dexter, who was a second round pick. They didn't upgrade, I don't think, and they just lost. I'm pretty sure they just lost a pass rusher to an ACL injury about a month ago. So. It, it could get ugly in Gainesville. I think you got to be worried uh, for the Gators. You know, you've lost talent on both sides of the ball. Um, yes, you bring in Graham Mertz, who has a lot of experience ha! at the college level. But, Sorry. I mean, frankly, he's been pretty <laughs> average. And then you're putting him behind an offensive line that uh, does not look good on paper. And Graham Mertz, if you don't know, if you're listening to this show, he's not a very mobile guy. So I'm very interested to see how those two factors work out with one another. But it's it's going to be a grind uh, for Florida with that SEC schedule, playing a lot of really good teams and what looks like is going to be a down year. And I'm curious the same way with Miami, you know, depending on how Florida and Miami play. I mean, Mario Cristobal and Billy Napier might be on the way out. I, I remember the last time a team in Florida took a non-mobile Wisconsin quarterback. Hmm. Good times, huh? Great times. Fun. I was horny during that time too. So I was gonna say we were we were horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty horny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting stretch here for Florida as well. I mean, their their latter half of the season is just brutal. It's really brutal. You just keep looking at it and it just gets brutal, 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 brutal. Except, I mean, even Missouri. You know what I'm saying? I'm throwing Missouri in there, but still, South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU. Missouri, then Her you whole face schedule's hard. Missouri like, is going to be solid. You, you, yeah, you got to start at the beginning because they go to well, Utah I, to start the season. And then yeah. week three, Tennessee. Then they go 
then they play Charlotte, who's not very good. As someone else here, they're not very good. Then they go at Kentucky, home against Vanderbilt, who Vanderbilt beat them last year. Then at South Carolina, who's good. Georgia, who's going to mollywop them. Arkansas at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State. I mean, good luck. Honestly, good luck with the talent they have. Can't wait to see that Micah Pittman YouTube video. Oh, man, I can't wait. That's going to be Supposedly he stopped. amazing. Supposedly he stopped the YouTube. He's got, he's got to bring it back for this one. When they beat Florida, they got to bring it back. There will be oh, too yeah. much cloud. You know, won't be able to pass that opportunity. Yeah. Up. I mean, that would I, be... as being a fellow clout chaser like me. But I, like I to, to Dustin's point about Missouri, I think Missouri wins a bowl game or at least makes a bowl game. I don't I think Florida does. Could see Missouri getting maybe eight wins. This college football season is going to be fun. All right. So there we did it there. We all, we we all did, did the regular season. Up. We suck. Yeah. Why the hell did we do that? The idiotic. We're going to learn week so one stupid. probably. We're, we're idiotic. We're dumb. Clip it, chat. Someone, someone was supposed to, like, hedge the bet. I, listen, I almost did it against Pitt, and then you brought up Phil Jerkovich, and I'm like, damn it, he's right. Phil Jerkovich is not good against Florida State. <laughs> that was, like, my main point <laughs> why I didn't fit And then, like, if, if the Clemson game was in October, I probably would have taken Clemson. But with it being so early in the season and they're still going to be figuring things out, I think Florida State's got an advantage. I like them having Luke early. Before he can start get clicking, and Dabo usually will find his rhythm near the middle and then until the end of the season. So I like that too. It helps in Florida State's favor for the schedule base. Uh, and then Florida State, you know, if they're going undefeated here, they're going to make it to the ACC championship. We don't know really who that would be. Clemson, could it be Duke? Could it's It's got to be either Clemson or Carolina, and could very North likely Carolina Clemson. Come in? Could Drake May bring him up there? Could it be Jordan Travis versus Drake May? Two Heisman hopefuls at that time. You know, both of them are in the ACC championship, and those guys are going to be projected to go to New York for the Heisman ceremony. That would be a fun game. It would be really fun. Winner goes to, you know, depending on what North Carolina, if they can have a good season as well, but winner goes to the college football playoff. Which it's, those two it's one of those that if, if Florida State goes 12 0 with with great wins against LSU and Clemson, even with a loss, like let's say let's say they play Clemson again in the ACC championship and lose, are they still maybe in the playoff? I think it's very realistic, depending on how Clemson does throughout the season. Yeah, I if think it's it, close. Yeah. I think it really just depends where Clemson's at at that point, because we've seen it happen before, you know, where the team is a sure thing to make the playoff, loses the conference championship, and then drops to the fourth seed. You got to think that that'll be in play for Florida State. What are we laughing at? What in the <laughs> what in the heck is going on here, man? That's what I get for using this, some site. Look there, down below. There's some there's some comments about his ad that popped up. George oh my, I didn't see that. <laughs> George Clooney, 64, out of the closet. Breaking news on here this beer. (laughs) We're just breaking all the news tonight. Is that Brad Pitt, too? Brad Pitt's going in for the kiss. (laughs) Oh, man. What is happening? Um, Yeah, sorry. What do you search, man? You know your ads are based on your preferences, right? No, I hate that. I hate Uh, that. It's not on my preferences. What are you doing? (laughs) 
I didn't look at a lot of Kenny Pickett pictures before this podcast. I promise. Let's pull up that inter- internet history. No, let's don't do that. No, we don't <laughs> need to go that far. We got to work to do here. We got work to do. But yeah, our poor audio listeners are probably wondering what the heck is going on during this episode. But there's an ad that showed up while we're looking at the Facebook schedule on a website, and it's a Google ad that says George Clooney, sixty-four <laughs> out next. of the closet. So <laughs> good to know. Thank you for that. I'm glad I'm getting those news updates. Anyways, maybe uh, scroll let's, up. Let's go ahead and scroll on out of here, why don't we? George Clooney. Um, all right. Accurate, so ACC championship. What do we? I mean, I think it's gonna be Florida State. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get a little wild because I don't feel like we got wild here. Nobody got wild. I'm gonna go Florida State. <laughs> no way. I'm going Florida State Duke. No. Oh no my way. god. No way. Right. <laughs> No way. I got to shit you. Duke would have to bit. beat Clemson in the first game. <laughs> let's just the time to do else. it. That's the time to do it. That's when he's the most vulnerable. Does Duke play North Carolina too this year? I'm sure they do. I'm double checking right now. Uh, um, I don't know off the top of my head. Yep, they do. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I'm going to just say it. There's no chance. Yeah, Clemson, no chance. <laughs> Clemson, NC State. Clemson, NC State. Florida State, Louisville, Wake, Carolina, and then Virginia Pitt. I mean, that's know. going out on a limb. That's a I know. That's, that's, that's unstable a, limb. That's not even going out on a limb. That's going out on a whole separate tree. <laughs> that's just getting wild. But I you know what? I'll I'll just take my win off of that um, guess and prediction. Just if they are to beat Clemson, if they beat Clemson, then I will just put in my head that they should have gone to the ACC championship. That's all I'll tell. I'll, you. I'll I'll be boring and say they played Clemson again, but. Yep. I think Clemson gets the better of them in the ACC championship. Mm. At that point, they'll have a full season's work of Garrett Riley. They'll be used to the system. K. Klubnik will be playing probably at his peak. And I think it's going to be a really, really great game here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm, I also – go ahead. I was going to say go ahead. I, I also am going to go with the Clemson rematch. You know, we're going to know – Probably middle of the season, how this one's going to go. I believe Clemson and North Carolina match up in October. And I mean, that could eventually, you know, if this goes like we're predicting and Florida State does beat Clemson, the Tigers are going to have to win that game to so, actually, have a chance of making it. Let me, let me stop you there. Clemson's last ACC game is against Carolina before they play South Carolina. Dang. So it's later in the year. Yeah. November 18th, literally the second last weekend of the season. That'll be a hell of a game on paper mm-hmm. yeah that, that's going to be one that circled on a lot of people's schedules if you know if both of those teams play to how they how they should yeah and then yeah do we want to give uh college football playoff predictions here <laughs> do we want to go that far or we just want to stick with the acc championship because i don't want to go too let's, far let, let's just stick with it how it is for now yeah, I don't want to go too. I've already felt. We all look at us. We all feel like we should have not done what we've just done. You My said, prediction you, is that FSU makes the playoffs but does not win the national championship. I, I don't even want to say anything. I'm I, not saying uh, nothing. We've but we've gone we've gone too far off the deep end. When, when when as soon as Logan said Duke, we went off the deep end. Now I'm doing Duke because you go back ten years ago, 2013, Florida State faced. Listen, Duke I get it. Trust, I, so that's I, what I'm doing. I totally get it. But there's yep. no if if they were still divisions, I could absolutely see it. What do you guys think Brad Pitt would pick? 
Uh, George Clooney. I say already picked Clooney. <laughs> that was too easy, Dustin. Uh, um, all right, let's go through these real quick, though. We want to do offensive MVP, defensive MVP of the season, and breakout player. Uh, I'll go first for my offensive MVP of the season for me. I think that is going to be it's going to be Trey Benson. I think he's going to be the offensive MVP before. It's going to be tough if friggin' Jordan Travis goes and, you know, makes it, makes it to New York for a Heisman. But say, I think Trey Benson is my, my guy here. You know, the, the offense has a ton of talent. We've, we've already talked about the wide receiver room a lot today. Obviously Trey Benson, you have a really talented offensive line, two new tight ends, but Jordan Travis is the engine. He is what makes Florida State Florida State. And if Florida State's going to live up to their expectations, it's going to be because Jordan Travis is as great as we all think he will be. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to be born here as well. <clears throat> Stick with Jordan Travis. Like you said, if Florida State's going to reach the heights that they're pushing for in 2023, it's going to take him continuing to elevate his performance like we saw a season ago. Um, you know, depending on how the second half of that schedule goes, Florida State could be involved in their fair share of blowouts. I think that could maybe be de- detrimental to Jordan Travis's overall stats as things go on. But, I mean, I'm right now, the way I see it, 33-plus touchdown passes. Mm. I like it. Mm. I like it. Nice. Yep. Very nice. Uh, make sure, too, y'all in the chat right now on YouTube – Make sure you drop in your offensive MVP predictions for the season. Let's jump into defensive MVP. Who wants to start off with this one? We had a breakout start last year with Pat Payne. Could he be a defensive MVP this year? Mm, you know, he, he's going to have the playing time to do so, but will he be it? Um, you bring in a lot of uh, a good amount of transfers like Fentrell Cypress. You had Daryl Jackson, but he's not going to be available. And then you've got Braden Fisk who could be your defensive MVP with some newcomers. You got returning talent linebacker. You got Fabo. People forget about him. Dennis Briggs, too, who I think a lot of that could be uh, a surprising player that just sh- shoots out of the cannon for the Seminoles this upcoming year. Who are we going with here for defensive MVP of the 2023 season for the Seminoles? There's, there's a couple names that you could roll with, and I don't think any of us would argue. You know, the trendy pick – Probably going to be Jared Verse here. I'm going to go it. in a different direction. I'm going to go with uh, linebacker Kalen DeLoge. Damn it. Mm. Damn. I knew I should have spoken first. No. The, the veteran who, I mean, has just continued to grow since he got to Florida State, really settled in last year, and in my opinion, has taken his game to another level in this preseason. You know, watching him and Tatum Bethune alongside one another. It's going to be fun. And, you know, despite Jaden Daniels having a couple big runs last year, Kalen DeLoach played pretty good as a spy in that game. You know, there were some breakdowns on the edge with the defensive ends that let, uh, let Jaden Daniels get loose. But, you know, I've, I've been really excited with the development that we've seen from Kalen DeLoach over the last couple of years. He's been in this system for a while. He knows what to expect uh, under Adam Fuller and, Mike Norvell, and he's grown into a real leader, whereas he came into this program as more of a soft-spoken guy. And, I mean, he's still that way sometimes, but you can tell that he's setting an example for these guys, not only on the field, but in the locker room. And, yeah, it's just been impressive to watch him over the years, and I feel really comfortable with what he's going to bring to the table in this 2023 season. 
I'm, I'm so upset I didn't get to this first. I'm also going to Loach. I just mm. just like Dustin mentioned, he's he's ready for that next step, and there's a reason Florida State chose him to represent them at ACC at kickoff. Uh, I really think he's going to turn out an outstanding season. And for sure, you could go Jared Verse. It's probably what Logan's about to do because he's the biggest Jared Verse <laughs> fanboy in the media. Um, I, in the media? You could you could say Braden Fisk, but I think that that defensive line or that defensive tackle rotation is going to it's going to see so much rotation, in so many different faces that it's going to be as good as Braden Fisk and Faber are going to be. They may not have the stats that you know Deloach and Tate and Bethune will, who's also I think going to have a very good season. But Deloach is the leader of that defense, I think, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year. Yeah, not much of a shocker here. I'm going Jared Verse, fully healthy season gearing up for an NFL draft. He's going to, he's going to put his mark down. And so I'm going to go for an easier pick here. Uh, I think Jared is set for a, a phenomenal year, put on some pounds, 10 pounds of muscle. He's been from what you were saying, Dustin, in your reports, just dominating whenever he's fully available to go, uh, you know, expecting him to be full set 110 going against LSU. I'm looking forward to that matchup, but I think throughout the year, if he's a, if he's if he stays fully healthy, he will be one of the top college football players in the country, top three, top five, like top three potentially. You know, uh, right up there in top three with Caleb Williams from USC. He, he's just that kind of ca- kind of caliber of a player. He changes games for you, and they're going to need him throughout the whole entire season. They want to keep him healthy for the most part, but I, I think he's Florida State's best defensive player after 2023. Um, all right, let's pick our breakout player and then we'll finish off this episode breakout player for the 2023 season. You were just mentioning him, Austin, but I'm going to go Braden Fisk here. Newcomer. I think he's going to be no, a breakout player for four can't pick a fifth year senior as a breakout player. I don't, I don't know about, about that one. Two or three, man. Come on, man. Uh, Come on, uh, first year. It's got to be someone with like three years or less experience, in my opinion, when you're talking about breakout. Uh Come on, man. We he, already said, he already said it. Can't take it back. Uh, no, I, can, he, I can fix no, it real quick because I'll take one of y'all. You got to pick a different one. No, I, I'll take one of y'all's. I know someone's going to pick it. Who's it? I know I'm taking one. Oh, I got yeah. mine. Oh, I, I got mine. Go first. I, I, know I got mine. You want yours this time, Austin? I, there's no way you say mine, so go ahead. I'm going to go with uh, Shaheem Brown. Oh, wow. In the defensive backfield. Been he, really – I was just going to say, he was on my short list, but he wasn't okay. who I was going with. Thank God. But <laughs> it's been really impressive for Florida State this preseason, stepping into a huge role with Jamie Robinson moving on to the NFL. We've talked about his developments over the past couple of weeks, not only on the field with his ability to just be in the right spots and with a knack to get around the football, but also whenever he's off the field, you know, being a guy who's shouting out instructions to these younger players, trying to help guys get lined up. And I think that says a lot about where Shaheen Brown is in his development at Florida State ahead of his third season with the program. He's truly settled in. He's comfortable in the scheme. He's comfortable with his his assignments, and he's ready to take on that bigger role with the Seminoles. Uh, we saw it today with him making a huge interception during practice off a deflected pass, and then he was in position for almost uh, another interception later in the day. So, I mean, the strides have been made. They've been shown consistently. And, you know, if he's able to assert himself in that role with more playing time, I mean, we've talked about it before, this could be another breakout star on that Florida State defense. Mm-hmm. 
I did almost say Shaheem for all the reasons you just mentioned and all the flashes he showed last year. I've all reason I didn't pick him is because I felt he was kind of obvious. Um, I feel Ooh, like you know, you, no, I'm just if you look at the chat right now, there's three different people saying Shaheem. There's there's a couple Dustin Hills in there who also made my shortlist. The other guy was Joshua Farmer who was on my shortlist. However, that this this may follow your rule against Dust or against Logan. I'm taking Bless Harris, at offensive Ooh. tackle who who missed all of last year, at, and I and all the reports have been he's been arguably the best tackle, one of the best offensive linemen in that room. I think he's going to be phenomenal for Florida State this season. Really take that offensive line to the next to the next level. Okay. All right. It works because at least bless Harris. I mean, he's coming from the FCS, and as you said, coming off the season-ending injury, so at least he's a little bit of a different year, scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm in complete shock that you weren't taking this one, Dustin. I'm going offense here. We're going to see him in the backfield. I think we're going to see Rodney Hill take the next step, maybe further than what we've seen out of Toa Philly during his career. Like he's going to show us more capabilities to his arsenal uh I, I just think that kid is just getting better and better and better and just the way that he showed up putting on size immediately i knew this kid was about that action and i think rodney hill's about that action and i think he's about that action about getting onto the field this year and i think we're going to see quite a bit of rodney hill uh playing in some games early for for florida state um you know i i really like cj campbell too but i just don't think he's going to be above where they want to put rodney hill uh, you know, that whole running back room that was going to get a lot of PT, but I, I just think a breakout player is going to stick with in that running back room, surprisingly, and it's going to be Rodney Hill. So uh, I like that kid, and I've heard great things about him during practice, his work ethic. Um, and you can tell Mike Norvell and Coach Yak have been extremely pleased in, in their second year running back that showed signs of good life whenever he was thrown into some games, whenever he was able to get some late time PT. And, you know, now I think we're going to see him get into some real game action early on in games. So I'm, I'm really just excited for it. And I think he takes advantage of every play he gets. So we shall see. And with the blocking too, I, I think some guys are hitting some holes and I'm, I'm surprised too. I mean, not really a breakout. We haven't been able to see him play yet but he was around the team last year, but keeping a close eye on Kazai Holmes as well. I think he's your home run hitter at the moment at the running back position. I, yeah. I'm kind of surprised neither of you said Kentron. I know, and that's maybe because of a, of a quieter fall, but I think he could have a chance now to, to explode in 2023. It's just because of these newcomers coming in, and we're really highlighting Keon Coleman and Dustin mm -hmm. Hill, Jaheim Bell. But Kentron was the king of the spring last year. He was. But also when I'm going through these breakout uh, players, I'm also like Shaheem, for instance, is going to be a bona fide starter in that defensive yeah. backfield. Room, I get that. You're looking at Kentron as more of a backup to Johnny and Keon likely, but I mean, he's still going to play a ton. And then Rodney Hill coming in a little bit behind Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili and still competing with Kaiseya and CJ Campbell for uh, snaps. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, that is our season preview. That is the first time, though, that we've all stayed in the same record prediction, I believe, um, as a show. Which, which means this is going to go horrible. <laughs> not, liking <it>. <laughs> <laughs> not liking it. I'm not liking it whatsoever here. We might need to reconvene and redo this. I don't know. But 
Uh, no going back. The clips are up, videos up, podcasts will go up later tonight. So everybody will know exactly what we predicted, but we predicted a at least regular season perfect uh, record for the Florida State Seminoles and Mike Norvell in his fourth season. The podcast isn't even over. The podcast isn't even over. I'm already regretting saying it. Like, (laughs) what am am I doing? What are we doing, man? What are we doing? But we are close to kickoff 11 days away. Tomorrow will just be 10 days, and then we're getting into single digits. We've got over 100 here on YouTube right now, 70 likes. If we can get that to 100 likes, we definitely appreciate it a ton. I know a lot of y'all are hanging out with us throughout this whole entire evening. But if you just simply hit that like button down below, it gets to a lot more FSU fans, helps reach more and come in with more comments and topics and things that you would like to discuss. We'll, we'll take care of them. Actually, too, I need to throw a big shout-out here to uh, the James B. He came in earlier. He was one of our first guys in the chat asking where we were. He was calling us out for being late. We, we're going to work on that and be better. But uh, almost 10 <laughs> minutes later, no, I'm sure to go live. James is ready, huh? Yeah, not our fault. Not me and VZ's fault, right? Nope. We were here. We were live. <laughs> we were live. But shout-out to James for the 100 bomb, literally 100 bomb, uh supporting us and hanging out with us and a ton of uh great donations too from 813 and we also did have a 10 bob from jrm fsu earlier in the show so not not used to that not used to donations in here uh super appreciative though definitely for you just even coming and hanging out with us hope you all have enjoyed our off-season content it was a lot of fun it was really heavily packed with a lot of things recruiting friggin' conference realignment you know, getting ready for fall camp, all different kinds of things. Heavy spring too, which was a ton of fun. I feel like just news after news after news, and then we jumped into fall camp, man. But it was a pretty entertaining off season, gentlemen. Which we didn't even talk about realignment today. Apparently, the ACC is meeting, I think tomorrow to talk about Cal, Stanford, and SMU again. So, who knows what's going to come out? I know. It seems like we'll have some other things on the side to cover. But we've got we've got we we had our preseason meeting with our writers earlier before this show, and we've got 21, 21 weekly pieces coming at you every week, getting you ready for every game, recapping games, hearing from opponents, coaches, three matchups to watch, how to watch, everything, and their mother is coming to you guys content wise at nolgameday.com. So make sure you're following us across all those social media platforms along with Dustin and Tommy and our guy Robert being on site at practices, giving you guys the best coverage you can receive. And I can't stress it enough. You're going to be too late for it, but don't be too late. Get into Discord. Make sure you join. It's free to join. We've got over like 2,300 members in there right now, but Dustin's dropping practice scoop and insight in there. And then you're also joining a whole ton of FSU fans. We have live updates from games in there going on. So that YouTube, uh, that that's in the description. If you guys want to join the discord, um, highly suggest doing that, but yeah, that's going to do it for, uh, the off season. And then eight, one, three is a crazy, crazy, crazy. We might as well just stay on here, gentlemen. You mean, should we just stay on here and do this for a couple other hours? I mean, yeah, I might be able to 48 lunch tomorrow now. I know. 813 with another 50 bomb. Appreciate you, big man. Uh, but he did say Dusty clears Lolo in a foot race. And I'm just not so sure about that. I don't know if Dustin's going to agree to that, but he probably I've been, will. I've been training. 
Yeah. Pickleball, depends how long, pickleball, depends how long pickleball, we're talking. No, pickleball does not count as training. <laughs> counts for my body. Trust it me. counts for something, though. It does count for something. But, yeah, that's going to do it. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's week. And we will talk to you guys next Wednesday at 7 p.m. to preview Florida State number eight in the country versus number five and Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers as they kick off on Sunday of next week, 7.30 prime time. Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. I'm ready for it, gentlemen. I'm, I'm sweating over here. My palms are sweating. I'm just ready for kickoff. So see you guys in Orlando soon, but see you next Wednesday first. We made it. We're here. Peace. Yeah.